0: Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. This podcast is all about empowerment and open conversations with incredible guests. So let's get straight into it. It's getting hot in here as today we're joined by Charlie Murphy, the star of Netflix's Obsession. Obsession is an erotic thriller which follows Charlie's character Anna, who embarks on a racy affair with her fiance's dad, William, who is played by Richard Armitage, who also makes a bonus cameo appearance in this episode. If you haven't seen it yet, there are plot spoilers incoming, but I also want to warn you in advance to not watch this show with your parents. Charlie is no stranger to gripping drama though. You'll remember her as Anne Gallagher in Happy Valley and there's Jessie Eden in Peaky Blinders too. We talk about the amount of injuries Charlie picked up whilst filming Obsession, how liberating it was to film sex scenes where female character was leading the action for once. And we love a show which makes talking about sex less taboo too, don't we? How are you? Oh, thanks for having me. This show, wow. We go on an emotional roller coaster with your character. If you were going to pitch it, how would you pitch it to an audience?
1: Oh, I mean, we have some buzzwords, don't we? <laughs> um, an erotic relationship thriller, noir, I would say, it has a hint of. Um... Reminds me a bit of Hitchcock as well. It's, uh, I don't know, it's quite um, an alluring mini-series, I think, hopefully. Yeah.
0: I think that does what it says on the tip. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> does that. And you've really nailed the seductive qualities. Like, that whole, like, staring across across the room. Trying not to blame. Being like, that's you. <laughs> like, as someone, I'm terrible at being seductive. What learnings <laughs> can you share?
1: <laughs> I yeah, I'm slapstick. that's yeah. that's kind of my sweet disposition, I think. <laughs> I don't think I'm really a, a, an alluring, kind of naturally alluring, I don't know person. but um, I know it's pretty easy when you have a scene partner like Richard Armitage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you decide like, it's
1: kind of kind of know. done for you. <laughs>
0: And away from the the hilarity of that situation and having to get into that seductive zone, it is a very serious show and it covers so many serious topics and things we need to be talking about as a society. Did you have any reservations about taking this on?
1: No, and for the reasons that you laid yeah. out, I think, um, just a, and to... Just a brilliantly complicated person who has, who is, you know, she's got con- she's got so many contradictions, but we all do, um, and then dealing, you know, born out of a childhood trauma as well, and and how she is the way she is, and this like incredible compartmentalizer and also leading this like double emotional double life and mm. that's just so fun to kind of stretch yourself in in every direction to try and, and kind of bring some plausibility to that character and hopefully i don't know hopefully understanding if not relatable maybe mm. <laughs> we won't be able to relate to it who knows but um yeah that that they can understand why she does what she does mm. was kind of my Goal really,
0: mm. and it is kind of about how obsession then enables you to let go of inhibitions in a way, right? Like mm-hmm. it's all about letting go of inhibitions. Has it enabled you to let go of things in playing a role that's this complex like that?
1: Yes, yeah, because there are bigger there are bigger things than you um, <laughs> at play. Uh, we we had a great process though um, to kind of feel like I was free playing. To, to actually feel like you're playing on, on screen is just so, so much fun. And something that I don't take lightly because you know it can so often not be the case where you feel that you are free to play mm. um but we had a great we had a great process Lisa saw and Glenn Labram were our di- directors and and Lisa really led on that um, emotional arc for them and and you know throughout the affair and also what happens in the, their lives outside of this affair they both have these relationships that are good relationships that mm. you know i'm sure <laughs> people will be shouting at the tv going why why are you ruining you know why are you ruining these things that could really blossom into something mm. beautiful and and have real healthy longevity um so that was great that we really worked on those two essentially that both of them have these two relationships and, and worked on both of them and keeping them grounded um but also then we had this incredible, um, intimacy coordinator mm. because, uh, called, um, Adelaide Waldrop. And she was just another level to anything that I've worked with before. We really worked through that, the psychological tone and then the, the physical tone of each sex scene of, um, each motivation. It, it was all there in the play. And, and once we had done that, then, and we just completely felt free to, you know, we knew the dance. We, mm. we learned our choreography. We knew how to punch safely. You know, all those yeah. things that you do with with, um, with um, choreographers, with stunt coordinators. Um, I finally felt like I was in a place um, to do that kind of stuff. Mm. Felt fully armed, really.
0: Because mm. I think we talk a lot about intimacy coordinators now, mm-hmm. which is amazing that we have these mm-hmm. on set. And I think so many people still don't necessarily understand what they actually do what does an intimacy coordinator actually help with and enable your performance
1: yes so from a base a very basic point of view they they set up the the atmosphere of consent and boundaries and we do a touch map all over your body and and we would work through okay i'm happy being touched there i'm happy being touch there but not there and it can it can be the side of your arm it can Mm -hmm. be anything um uh, you know we don't know we're all just humans coming to to set we don't know what someone's been through or Mm. you know what makes them uncomfortable and we work out all of that and then we find um a map then that we can that we are safe to use and then we work through the physicality of each scene and we choreograph the actual sex itself. Mm. Um, and then there's another level of how how you want it to feel, what's happening. It's all about the context. So mm. what's happening? And each, we were, you know, we, we had ours labeled. We had different types of sex scenes labeled and where they are in the storyline and, and um, how, I don't know, how aggressive it can be, mm. how um, gentle. It's, it's, setting the tone so she's very much leading that really
0: Mm. and i think as well like doing sex scenes on screen must be quite a daunting prospect then when you have the intimacy coordinator on board it makes it a lot easier with the choreography like you're saying but that's still the element of having to be nude on screen must be quite a vulnerable state to have to be in and that's what i was thinking when i was watching this i was like wow that's quite a vulnerable place to go to, but a very empowering one at the same time, maybe? is it maybe empowered your relationship with your own body in a new way, do you think?
1: I think so, yeah. I think so. I did feel, that's a great word, actually, because I did feel very empowered because we had done the homework and I felt like, oh, I'm doing something as it's supposed to have been done. Mm. I've done a lot of sex scenes, nothing that I've ever been upset over, but sometimes at the end of the day felt a tinge of regret or a tinge of oh god that's in the can and that's out of my control now Mm. I felt in control and that's that's empowering yeah and and fun then Mm. we had a lot of fun on set we had a lot of fun because we felt protected
0: Mm. and it's so empowering to see sex scenes like this on screen where the woman is dictating it as well because there's still not enough of that on our screens, was that an empowering element of it for you as well?
1: That was so much fun. And to explore that world of, so Anna is the dominant submissive. Mm. She's very much in control. But what is, uh, what feeds her and what is cathartic for her is to hand the reins, knowing that everything is set up, it's all consensual, and she can just be taken somewhere. Mm. Uh, and that was just really fun. That was really, really fun to mm. do.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so tastefully done as well. And I think it's, as a society, we really shy away from having discussions about submissive versus unsubmissive relationships and this kind of sex on screen. And it's kind of amazing that a show like this is there to kind of like de take away the shame from it in a way as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Richard was saying, and he did say it early on in in our rehearsal and filming, he's like, let's just do as the French do and just kind of, (laughs) you know, not be so... I don't know, so I don't know, scared or, you know, embarrassed by our bodies. Like, uh, we, you know, we're all, we all have our bits, (laughs) don't (laughs) we? That's not verbatim, I'm just adding <laughs> <laughs> feel
0: me. I mean we've all got our bits, but that...
1: We've all got our, bits. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we've got our bits. And on these But that is so empowering because I feel like we don't we're such a weird society, I think, especially in Britain and in Ireland where we're very much like, oh my god, we can't covers talk up about to these here, things. turn covers your up light on. Like, don't talk about yeah. things. Like and it's good that we have shows like this that are changing the narrative and pushing people to see sex on screen in new ways. Uh,
1: yeah, and to explore what they like. Yeah. Is great
0: which is so great and I think also a real amazing element of it is that the female gaze or actually in this maybe sometimes the gay gaze <laughs> in my case is actually more it gets more of a focus than necessarily the male gaze does because the male gaze has so traditionally been something mm-hmm. we've seen media through mm-hmm. was that something quite interesting to play with
1: Yes. And that's, that's exactly, I think Morgan Lloyd Malcolm wrote the adaptation to this and she's just done an incredible job of making it finally even, Mm. you know, Um, which is just brilliant. Mm. You know, I've often played parts where I feel like I disappear at the end of the page, you know, Mm. and then. then you turn the page and then I'm back again. So there's no filler around it. And, and this, it felt almost too full. It felt like, oh God, I've got so many things to pull mm. from. And there's so much stuff that has happened to her um, that it was just felt so rich and um, like a freedom to go, okay, I'll pick this and I'll pick yeah. this because it's all there.
0: Yeah. And I think this is what this character really stands for, that we now have such amazing, well-rounded, four-dimensional, complex Female characters on our screens, and we've worked really hard to get to this point. Mm-hmm. But there are still so many like sexist stereotypes that still persist around female yeah. characters. What still frustrates you about the conversations? What did still they f-
1: say? The how- the what's the the trinity the the virgin, the whore, and the mother. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to trying to flesh all of that out and go, um. okay, where where are we? I I think I I I'm excited to be an actor right now an actress act
0: female actor right now and i think that's so great because so much has changed in the last five years with me too and time's up and changing the way we perceive and represent women on screen and i wondered when i was watching this if this kind of character came to you maybe like five years ago 10 years ago would you been more nervous about taking it on
1: in that climate yeah yeah definitely definitely i because i I, we just wouldn't have it just wouldn't have been the same show mm. because we felt very relaxed. Um, it would have been shocking to have that kind of script executed the way that we did it, mm. um, with Adelaide, with Lisa and Glenn, who you know, wants to explore as, you know why that they that they just don't appear when you open the door. and, you know, there is this whole world around them. Mm. So, yeah, I think it would have been yeah. a different show,
0: mm. and I think what you so powerfully bring to the screen in this, is her trauma and is her backstory, and I, in roles that you played before, especially in Happy Valley, the way you bring trauma to the screen is so impactful that like you feel it in your chest when you watch <laughs> you on screen. How do you prepare to deal with that kind of subject matter and push it onto the screen and look after yourself at the same time?
1: Oh, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's a darkness to the Irish psyche. <laughs> We love a good funeral. Yeah, you know, we're always keening. There's always, you know, you're pulling up, RIP.ie and seeing who's died. I don't know. I don't know. I feel maybe it's from an ancestral kind of <laughs> darkness. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, I am. I, I'm luckily I've worked with some great people and been on some very happy sets mm. and for Happy Valley. That was very dark subject matter, but we were. It was a very happy set. Mm. Um. And to have worked with a lot of first ADs that are, you know, they're the timekeepers on set. They're the, the people that are talking to you last minute in a situation before you roll and the second you finish. Um, and, and yeah, just some really special crew members that kind of get it and mm. able to look after you. And mm. then you can kind of leave it at the door. Yeah. Sometimes it seeps into your life a little bit, but only for the duration of the job, mm. really, for me. Mm.
0: How do you make sure it doesn't seep in? to the rest of your life because I guess it's quite difficult to carry that around with you if you're filming something for like six months at a time
1: yeah I don't know maybe maybe I'm a little bit like Anna I can definitely compartmentalize Mm. um and then just having good family and friends around you yeah. to keep you grounded and to tell you to cop on and get over yourself and <laughs> all that
0: keep you grounded yeah not taking yeah. yourself
1: too seriously yeah
0: and having great castmates as well because you have such Incredible an castmate. amazing cast on this show Thank i you. mean richard is amazing what did you learn about yourself through working with this cast
1: oh that's a great question and um, that humor is important mm. um Kindness is important. Mm. Like, just a really gorgeous, caring cast. Mm. Our first week was a night shoot, um, in the Hadley House, the Hadley House. Um, so we had nights there, and you get to know each other. <laughs> Definitely, and night shoots, you're we all hanging around with your coffees at three a.m. chatting, and and it was a great, it was a great start to the job. Mm. Indra Varma is one of the funniest people, for for onset chats, so so that was good. Yeah.
0: Good chat always gets you through, doesn't good it? Chat. Yeah, <laughs> good
1: chat. Yeah. Good chat. and yeah, kindness connecting, keep keeping that going and, and feeling a sense of um a team, really, mm, team. Yeah. I felt like we were all a little team. Mm.
0: And another thing that occurred to me when I was watching it, which I thought was so great that you bring to the screen with this role, is this idea of what a likable female is. Because I think in our society, we've got such a pressure on, if you're a woman, you need to be this kind of way to be likable and to be digestible by society. Whereas this character, Anna, she's like, she's good, she's bad, she's in between. Yeah. I love her because I just wanted to reach through the screen and just give her a massive hug and be like, babe, just go that's see a therapist, <laughs> I, please. But, that's so good. Yeah. yeah,
1: I felt the same when I read it. I, was, I just wanted to grab her and protect mm. her and, you know, and try to stop for mm. a second and just kind of, yeah, look after her, mm. look after herself. And um, yeah, oh, she's a great, she's mm. a great person. I'm glad you said what likable is because there's, she's a conundrum. There's mm. so much happening for her, but Hopefully you see a vulnerability there that um she really honestly isn't this femme fatale character, you know, that, um no, she's doing something but ba- Like, you know, yeah. she's this mean, mm. evil, you know, it's so, so boring. It's just mm. so boring. Like she honestly believes that morally she's okay. If she's not hurting anyone, if they don't yeah. know, it's fine. She's just on this, on this kind of deluded path, yeah. you know. And she thinks that she can, that it's sustainable and she can achieve like, you know, bliss in both, in both worlds. Mm. And she really does love Jay. And as and, uh, she says in, in one of the episodes, he's my normality. Mm. He's, he's he's what tethers me because she knows that she can just fly off, you yeah. know, into this kind of drug induced almost world. She needs to be tethered and that, that's him. And, and if there was any more dialogue to put in, she would probably say, and, and you have to stay in your marriages, that's your normality
0: yeah how was it how was it interesting to play into unlikability though
1: yeah <laughs> it's fun yeah it's fun to play it all it's fun yeah. to play it all and that is a fun challenge to have to go wow if you bullet point everything that happens there you go you have to do that now and just you know you don't want the audience to give up on her on day 1 so make that happen mm. make them try and go on a journey with you was, yeah that's yeah. the challenge and that's what you get a kick out mm. of really
0: for me anyway well i mean you always take us on a journey on the screen and you literally have done it all like we were saying in the top like from Peaky blindness to happy valley and your career is amazing and i think that we are so used to in our society as well seeing all the success and not seeing what goes on behind the scenes to get those yeses yeah. and make convert those no's into yeses. What do you think you've learned about success and failure on that journey for you?
1: Oh, God. Well, I've definitely learned a lot more from failure. Mm. I and mean, you get to really know yourself when you're unemployed and when you're getting all of those no's in a row for tapes, for meetings. It's really hard. I wish... I wish I would love to say to actors that, you know, your um, your success should not be wrapped up in your self-worth.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: and I'm still trying to say that to myself, so it's very much a work in progress. It's really hard to, and I, I suppose not just actors, everyone really, isn't it? It's so hard to go, just because I didn't get that thing doesn't mean you know it seeps into your self-worth or trying not to keep you know trying to keep that separate that doesn't have to be your whole world but yeah you learn a lot about yourself when you're watching cash in the attic (laughs) on end what do you learn about (laughs) yourself just going i need to break into mom and dad's house and see what's up in that attic (laughs) i'm an out-of-work actor i need to flog some stuff here
0: What do you think you learn about yourself through watching the Attic? Mm. This is quite a good philosophical question, (laughs) actually.
1: What else? What other daytime TV have I really uh, (laughs) binged?
0: (laughs) I feel like for me, it's Loose Women. It, like, angers me. It gets me fired up. gets me for the day, that midpoint. You're like, great, cool. We can keep going.
1: That was a cathartic exorcism, (laughs) and I can get on to learning my lines with this tape.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In those moments, though, have you ever questioned your path and been like oh is this something i really want to keep putting myself through
1: i don't think i could do anything else Mm. so i'm kind of like stuck with my own want for it you know (laughs) i'm kind of held captive by myself really to keep Mm. keep keep going there's been some great moments in my life where you're standing at the side of the stage or you are about to do a sex scene and there's that moment before you do the thing, you're like, "What is this? What have I, why why have I done this? A thousand million trillion little steps got me to here that no. I decided to do. Wow, this is mad." So there are moments of existentialist crisis, <laughs> <laughs> or just very deep questions as to why, mm. um, and it always kind of comes back to um, the feeling of trying to be someone else and Mm. do it convincingly and and try to you know to get into the head of someone that I don't know that Mm. I don't know and I haven't experienced and then trying to bring a little bit of myself to that because that's what happens you are yourself so you have to bring something yeah and that's just so addictive to me
0: Mm. when do you think you've been proudest of yourself on that journey
1: like a particular job or yeah. a particular moment, or just
0: a particular job or a moment where you've been like, "Wow, I'm proud of myself for getting to this point."
1: I think it was a job in Ireland. Love Hate was kind of my first TV job that was reoccurring, and it it kind of grew over time. Um, that getting the second series of that. Because I was supposed to be on it for three days in the first series and then they wrote more for me and, you know, I just didn't exist before really and then they mm-hmm. wrote something for me. That was such a proud moment and a moment that I felt proud but also a moment where I was like, oh, God, I, I really want to show them. Thank thank you for this opportunity. I'm really going to show you. I'm going to give it my all. Um, that That's a real moment that sticks with me. And then the another moment of just absolute lunacy and pure joy of being just proud of what I've achieved (laughs) was um, doing Disco Pigs. It's one of my first things coming to the UK, doing that show with an incredible actor called Rory Fleckburn and this just gorgeous director, Cahill Cleary, and that play is by Enda Walton. He blew my mind Mm. when I was in youth theatre. I remember reading that play and that made me want to be an actor so um yeah so getting to do that play um yeah that was like a moment in time that still actually almost makes me blush with just how happy i
0: was makes all those cash in the attic episodes <laughs> wild, doesn't it
1: listen it's theater hours i can still watch catch the kind of roles you want to
0: get yeah come on you,
1: you can live both worlds just like anna <laughs>
0: No, I really want to see Anna come back. I know this is like a controversial opinion, maybe, because obviously it's a limited series. There's are four episodes. But like, limited. Limited. But I feel like if she was going to make a comeback, what would you want us to see her do? Mm -hmm. Mm. How many more wrecking ball moments can one woman have?
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, she definitely listens to that song,
0: doesn't she? Did you listen
1: to that song to get in the mood? No, we should have. No, there was a few songs we listened to to get in the mood and it definitely wasn't that. Um, what would she do? She wouldn't go back to that apartment.
0: No. There's no furniture in there.
1: But there's nothing. They never used the furniture anyway. I know. We were covered, covered in bruises.
0: I'm not surprised. I'm probably blisters. <laughs> there's no, no give like, in little, that like, hardwood. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As actually went through my head, I was like, wow, that is not comfortable.
1: Not great. Richard put it I just put it up as well, um, on Twitter. He put a picture of us from behind the scenes of us just hanging out in our bathrobes, but covered in bruises, just hanging out. Yeah. Um,
0: got the makeup team had a big job.
1: Yeah. I would say to Anna, buy some Arnica. Um, stay away from the flat. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Explore. Go leave London. Do, yeah. do something. Yeah, are you coming in? Yeah,
0: sorry, have I, mean, I just said you,
1: you? Yeah, come on in. Do you want to share the seat? Here he is now. Ah, You just told me to come in. Come in. Come in, sit down. <laughs> we're, we're on a podcast. Do you know this?
0: <laughs> You're on it right now.
1: You're on it right now. It's happening. Right.
0: Are, we, are we reenacting scenes from Obsession? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that might be a bit too much for our audience. A bit PG. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going my hand. This is what you have to decide. Like, I'll, just do, I'll just lean it like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not supposed to be here, am I? You look nice.
1: You look nice. Are you going somewhere? Yeah, later. Are you coming with me? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> we're going to the screening. So, uh, I've just been
0: hearing about your bruises. Mm. Mm. Covered. Where, where were yours? Knees. My
1: knees. My my toes.
0: Elbows and hip bones. Yeah,
1: all the bones. How does is. one get a
0: bruise on a toe? <laughs> I'll
1: leave that up to you. Stunt. Yeah,
0: let's not go into that. We're
1: not going to reenact The roller
0: skate. When I roller skated over your toe. <laughs> There were handprints left on the walls. But they were were. Tw- I think they had to repaint yeah. between days because there were handprints left on the wall. Yeah, I'm not surprised. We've kind of ruined your interview. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think this has really made it. Is it Our chat was great. Film? Is it on film? Yeah, it's on film too. So oh my we God, got I was doing everything with my hands. I got told to come We've in the room. Late, sorry. Oh my God. It's <laughs> sorry.
1: I thought you were coming in to stop me from speaking about something I shouldn't be speaking about.
0: This is my interview. thanks! Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> Speaking of wrecking balls, <laughs> there we go. Well, we go. I don't know what
1: I don't know what we got in the can in the end with filming obsession <laughs> with that current.
0: <laughs> I've got well, it, it's great on screen. <laughs> great, great they've done a great edit job good thank god <laughs> but we always end on this question on the yes. podcast that always is in the reign of your life what is the one rule you'll always live by
1: don't take yourself too seriously yeah yeah definitely let it go you gotta you gotta get over yourself as I say just yeah. get over yourself
0: and if in doubt get cash in the attic on and have a word with yourself it's a very philosophical experience
1: absolutely Barry's tea cash in the attic that's good
0: <laughs> tick <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. You're Thank honestly you. amazing in this. Thank you. Thanks for being here for this episode of Rain. If there are things that resonate with you, I'd love to hear from you. Get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe or follow and share this with someone you think should hear it. Let's get those convos going because that is what this podcast is all about. Hi, babes. Me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.